Welcome to Fick Focus, where Bloomberg Intelligence fixed income, credit currency, and commodity strategists and analysts discuss their short and long-term views on debt markets and issuers. Now, here's the Bloomberg Intelligence Fick Research Team. Welcome to a special UK edition of All Options Considered. I'm Tanvir Sandhu, Chief Global Derivative Strategist for Bloomberg Intelligence. On this episode, we will dive into the historic market volatility in UK assets and the economic outlook. I'm joined by Jamie Rush, Chief European Economist at Bloomberg Economics. Jamie, great to have you on. Great to be here. It'd be good if you can tell our listeners briefly about your background. So I've been chief economist here at Bloomberg in London since 2015. And before that, I was at the Office for Budget Responsibility, which is the independent fiscal watchdog for the UK. The price action and volatility in the UK market was historic with gilts at the epicentre. The mini budget was seen as being poorly executed, and that's the way it was received by the market. There's a lack of substance underpinning the budget. The fact of the matter is the gilt market has been driving major bond markets and risk sentiment since. So what did you make of the delivery of the budget? Well, I think your your, your question gets the heart of it, really, um, because a lot of what was in the budget, almost everything that was in the budget was known to markets before the Chancellor stood up in the House of Commons and gave the, his uh, his statement. So it really was the delivery which which affected, which drove the market outcomes. Um, There was a sense when he delivered that statement that he was entirely indifferent to the fiscal consequences of the the tax changes he was making. He saw no need to try and balance the books and and bridge the gap between the tax cuts that he'd made and spending by the government in the economy. So I think that became very clear. It was also coupled with one measure which hadn't been previously trailed, which was uh, a tax cut for the very richest people in society, those who earn more than than £150,000 a year. Uh, Now, that doesn't actually cost that policy because people move income around at that uh, income level doesn't cost the government very much to, to do. So they got rid of the, the 45p rate on tax uh, of tax on that about income above that threshold. It was a surprise. It's actually not very expensive, but it was just tone deaf. So the, right. the idea that you can, you can um, in this time of extreme squeeze on, on people's living standards at the bottom ending of the income distribution in particular, giveaways to people at the right at the top, it was just a very difficult thing for markets to digest, I think. Um, and it also brings into question his ability to f- to cut spending later on when you've got that tax policy going on at the same time. Yeah, and what it caused was this chaos we've seen in the market. And bond market volatility is at historical levels above what we saw actually during the financial crisis. It was already actually elevated given the inflation issue, but this really saw bond market go exponential. The vol in the market was also amplified by positioning and the pension fund situation received positions that pay off on lower yields that weren't closed following the BOE got squeezed on the Friday following the budget. And the speed and the extent of the rise in yields caused margin calls at pension funds following a liability-driven investment strategy who are long gilts and use derivatives against those. So as yields went up, 
they had to sell gilts to meet collateral payments and the BOE had to step in to prevent a systemic crash in the gilt market. Given that backdrop, what impact has this fiscal package and the market chaos had on your economic outlook for the UK? Well, it's turned things upside down, frankly. So you know, going into going into the even a couple of months back, people expected that the Bank of England would have to lift rates to maybe three percent, something like that, to get inflation under control, signal that it's got a, it's committed to 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 stability in, in prices. Now markets are expecting interest rates at six percent. That's where they think the Bank of England will top out next year, and that is a response that that reflects two things that the uh, the government is um, the bank's going to have to do is going to have to respond to the extra demand created by um, by the government's measures by pumping cash and doing tax cuts is going to lift demand in the economy, raising inflation and drawing a response from the Bank of England. That's part one. The other thing that the bank has to do is is assert its own credibility because the pound was falling very sharply as people moved out of U- UK assets. That too is going to drive up inflation, uh, and and just and just generally trying to stabilise markets, but with uh, with a a, a a bigger jump in in rates. Now, at one moment during this panic, people were expecting, or markets had priced in fully, two hundred basis points at the November MPC meeting, and it's now back down to about. 150 and our own forecast is 100 but you can see that this is a massive change in the outlook for for interest rates um and it and, and it is going to cause a lot of trouble i mean you mentioned tanvir the the pension fund collateral calls um fact is if you lift interest rates to six percent or expected to something's going to break and that's the first thing we saw but there's bound to be something else along the way as we if, if the bank really does try to lift rates this high so has prices and mortgage affordability is a big issue with rates moving up. What kind of hit are we looking at for mortgage holders relative to disposable income as well as house prices? So it's 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 a massive change in the outlook for the housing market. And it's happening right now in front of our very eyes. So the it doesn't you don't have to wait for the Bank of England to lift policy rates for for the pricing to be reflected in mortgages, right? So if you look at two-year, five-year fixed-rate mortgages, uh, they're up to above five percent, um, from three uh, percent before you know in the in the in the summer, and more like two percent or below earlier in the year. Massive change in in mortgage costs. I mean, compared to 2021, we estimate that that's going to lift the payment on a um, on, a, on an average type of mortgage from about £600 a month to around about £1,300 a month. So it's, it, this is, you know, if you're refinancing now or you're taking out a loan now to buy an average-sized house, uh, that's that's the sort of level. It's basically doubled your mortgage costs. So it's, um, it's a big change. And when you have big changes like that, you get big corrections in prices. So um, we are expecting there will be a double-digit decline in house prices over the coming year. If this market pricing sticks, um, how fast it unfolds will depend on the balance of demand and supply. So people are going to be, they're not going to be buying houses by nearly so much. Also, people aren't going to be putting their house on the market at a time which is obviously not a good time to put the house on the market. So you have demand and supply falling at the same time, which means that you have this grumbling fall in prices over an extended period, rather than the sort of sh- short, sharp shock that you see when you have people losing their jobs 
and having to sell their houses or being foreclosed on. So it's a slightly different type of crisis in the housing market, but the outlook is extremely bearish for that for that asset class. And the mortgage rates are largely price of the swap curve. So that segment, you know, exactly. two to two to four years on the swap curve, that needs to flatten down to get these mortgage rates down. Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean that's that is right, isn't it? I mean, they're gonna mark for this for this outlook to be reversed or to be ameliorated in some way. Um, the government is going to have to do something to convince markets that. There isn't. It's not the panic that they thought it was, and that the bank isn't going to have to take rates to six percent to tackle the, the credibility gap that the government's created. So it's all on them. They're going to have. They've got six weeks now to announce some policies that will plug the gap in the in the funding of this package, um, or roll back on the some of the the policies that they've announced on taxes. That's how long they've got because that's when they've said they're going to publish it. But the mortgage market's not going to wait. We're going to have a crunch in in mortgage availability. We're going to see transaction volumes dropping like a stone over the next couple of months. So the housing market is basically going to seize up over that period whilst they're deliberating how they're going to balance the books. So it's quite, a, uh, it's quite astonishing, actually. They've passed on the opportunity to bring the budget forward and do it at the end of, or the end of October. They've, they've just said they're not going to do that, but it would have been the sensible option in my view. There's a wide range of outcomes, right? As and it's reflected in the vol market. The UK is effectively short the gas market. You know, you could argue a lot may depend on the path of gas prices, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, the the gas the gas prices are moving around all over the place. On the same day, on the same week, we've had all this kerfuffle with the Bank of England and the UK pipelines have been exploded and. There's uh, the EU's announced new plans to, well, it's trying to tackle the problem on, on energy costs. So there's a lot of volatility there as well. And yeah, it is it is a huge source of uh, uncertainty for the UK. That's a huge source of uncertainty for the level of borrowing the government will have to do over the next two years too. So it's, um, and I don't see that, I can't see how that's going to resolve itself until we get, you know, well through the winter. That's great, Jamie. Thanks for joining us this week. And I hope to have you on again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this edition of All Options Considered. I hope you'll join me, Tambia Sandhu, again. <laughs> <laughs>